Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. It told you ten things, and six of those ten things told you about Satan. It also told you about God also. We know that, that God allowed that to happen to Job but, um, and allowed Satan to do it. But Satan was the one who killed his animals, who killed his uh, children. Satan was the one that did it. Actually, God told him everything that he had, Job had, was in his hand. Uh, Satan didn't have to kill him. Uh, but Satan, is, he just loves to steal, kill, and destroy. He, I mean, he just loves to kill people, so he did that. And Satan is still walking around. Satan is, uh, number four, Satan is still the accuser. Number five on the screen, uh, Satan still desires for God's people to curse God and to really blame him for, for all the bad things in their life. Bad, blame God for all the bad things in the life. Number eight, Satan uses people and elements like the wind, the fire, all those type of things to destroy people. Uh, Satan still causes health problems, and he still uses people. He still uses people to try to get you to say things, do things against God. So those are the things we went over. Now, what I want to do today is to pick it up from there And today I want to emphasize, really, not the bad things that happen to you. I want to emphasize you are an an, an ambassador of Jesus Christ. You are supposed to be his witnesses. You're supposed to be his hands, his feet. All around, we know in your workplaces, in the school, wherever you go, we know that people are going through things because all people are going to go through some things, some tough times. What are you going to do? What are you going to say? How are you going to respond to someone telling you about those tough times? Are you going to respond like Emily did to uh, Elizabeth's sister's cat dying? Uh, how, how are you going to respond? You need to respond in such a way Uh, that will bring glory to God. And that's what we want to talk about today. And then next week, we'll go right into uh, the last part of Job, God's response to to Job, and then the restitution and, and the turnaround of things. So let's go to the Bible. Let's go to Job. We left off in chapter 2, verse 10. Now, we're going to start in... In chapter 2, verse 11, and we're going to go through probably about 29 chapters today. Uh, Now, of course, you know we're not going to read every word in all those chapters. We're going to just highlight some of those things. Now, first of all, let's lay the foundation. We We know that God has given permission to Satan to touch what Job had which was his immense wealth. All his camels, his donkeys, all the oxen, he, all those type of things. He also allowed him to touch his children. So his children now are, are, are dead, ten of them, seven boys and three girls, all his animals gone. Now then Satan 
then ask for permission or told God that if you touch his body, then he's going to curse you. So God said, okay, you can touch his body, but don't kill him. And so Satan uh, put boils on him from the top of his head to the uh, sole of his feet, and they were so bad that worms were on his skin, and it was really bad. So that's where we left off. Now, let's lay a little foundation on that part before we hit verse 11. Sometimes, I'm going to give you about five principles today. Sometimes, this is number one, sometimes turbulent waters last for a while. Sometimes they last for a while. And if you don't know that, then you're going to be in a situation where you can start off responding well, but then you're thinking, well, this is going to be over with tomorrow, the next day, next week, and it lasts longer than that, then you can't handle it that well. Or you're going to talk to others about it, and they're going to ask you about, hey, how long is this going to last? Or you tell them, hey, this thing's not going to last very long, but it does. So you have to know that tough times sometimes last a long time. Let's look at Job chapter 7. Hold your place right there now. Let's go to Job chapter 7, verse 1. Let's go there. And it says that, Is not man forced to labor on earth? And are not his days like the days of a hard man? As a slave who pants for the shade, as a hard man who eagerly waits for his wages? Verse 3. That's the verse I'm looking for. So I am allotted months of vanity and nights of trouble are appointed me. When I lie down, I say, when shall I rise? But the night continues and I am continually tossing until dawn and my flesh is clothed with worms and, and, and a crust of dirt. My skin hardens and runs. Let's go back to verse 11. The foundation here, how long has this been going on with Job? Did this happen yesterday? No, it didn't happen yesterday. Months. We talk about months with these sores and with all this catastrophe happening. Months. Words, months. Months. We don't know how many months, but we know at least two. Because he said months. We know it's two. So now, verse 11, when Job's three friends heard of all this adversity that they had come upon him, see, they heard about it. Words travel, even in the east. They came, each one, from his own place. So they named the friends Eliphaz, the Timonite, Bildad, the Shuhite, and Zophar, the Naamanite, and they made an appointment together to come. They made an appointment now to come to sympathize, the King James said, mourn with him and to comfort him. So these are his friends. One thing I said, a principle I said, was that 
know that sometimes tough times last a long time. Number two, principle. When God sends you to comfort others, and the scripture says even in the New Testament, comfort others with the comfort which you have been comforted with. That's what it says in the New Testament. Comfort others with the comfort you've been comforted with. So we are expected to comfort others. So when God sends you to comfort somebody, and really we're expected to do that because the word of God says so, when someone tells you of some things that are tough times, turbulent waters that happened to them, now it's your time to respond the way God would have you to respond. Principle two was you need to have wisdom. 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 It's very important. Because if you respond without wisdom, you're not going to do that person any good. You're going to do more harm than you're going to do good. Let's just go through a few of the wisdom things that you can go through. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 10. We're going to go to four Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 10, holy place in, in Job. In Proverbs chapter 10, we want verse 1 to 19. When there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. My memory verse says from the King James, in a multitude of words that one has not sinned. That's what it says. But he who restrains his lips is wise. Again now, when there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. But he who restrains his lips is wise. That is so important when you are trying to comfort someone. In my younger days, about 16 years ago or so, um, I was... <laughs> I see your, your laugh is easy. Uh, <laughs> oh, in my younger days. What, what happened, I went to a, a person's house. Uh, they had a, a family member who died. And I took my... I, I have my traveling Bible, uh, which is a little bit of Bible. It's about half the size of this one and half the thickness and everything. Um, it's just something that you just block. You know, you can carry, you know, you're supposed to carry a Bible if you're, if you're a pastor, you know, you're supposed to carry a Bible. And <laughs> so you can look the part, you know, in a way, you know. <laughs> and so I carried my Bible, and I walked up on the porch, and out of the door came one of the family members. And he said, oh, here comes the preacher. Here he is with his Bible. Think he's got all the answers for everything. That's what he said. I felt really, really, really bad. I really did. I said, well, they don't teach you that. <laughs> My mentor did not teach me that. Don't take your Bible. Have your word in your, hidden in your heart uh, because what he was saying I'm not looking for you to come give me any answers because turbulent waters, tough times have just happened. I'm looking for somebody to comfort, not for answers. That's what he was saying. 
I said, wow. I put my little Bible in my little thing, and I said, I'm not taking that thing out. So now I don't, <laughs> now I don't take my Bible <clears throat> because anyway, I have the word hidden in my heart, so the Holy Spirit can bring out those things because he will bring to my remembrance those things he said to me. That's what the word says. Uh, so, so that's what I do now. Uh, but then I didn't know. So the only thing I'm trying to tell you is that you have to be wise. You have to know some, some wisdom in this thing. In Proverbs 12, 18, let's go there. There's another verse, 18 and 19. Truthful lips will be established forever. Truthful lips will be established forever. What is truth? My word is truth. But a lying tongue is only for a moment. If you're not speaking the truth, then you're not, you're not representing God. That's very important. Let's go to Proverbs 15, 1. It says, a gentle answer turns away wrath. Soft words, in other words. A gentle, gentle answer. But a harsh word stirs up anger. Now, I want you to remember these now as we're going through Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar's comments. I mean, it is awesome. 16, chapter 16, let's go there. Verse 23. It says, The heart of the wise instructs his mouth, and adds no, and persuasiveness to his lips. Let's find out whether Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, whether they persuaded Job within their nice, soft words. Let's see <laughs> what happened. Verse 12, back in Job. Verse 12. When they lifted up their eyes at a distance and did not recognize him, they raised their voices and wept, and each of them tore his robe, and they threw dust over their heads towards the sky. Then they sat down on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights with no one speaking a word to him. For they saw that his pain was very great. Isn't that great? <clears throat> so far, what are they doing? Exactly what, what Proverbs say. All they're doing is just, they're there. They're present. They're, they're present with him. Now, only if they would have stayed that way. It would have been great. It would have been great. So, from... Chapter 3, on, we have Job's first 
dialogue, and then we have the three in a row, Eliphaz and Bildad and Zophos, uh, back-to-back, and their, their dialogue is about uh, three cycles of each, taking it through 30-some chapters. Let's find out what Job said. Now, we have the first principle that it lasts a long time, maybe. So, maybe that. You had to have wise counselors. That's another one. Verse 1. Afterwards, Job opened his mouth, so after seven days, and cursed the day of his birth. And Job said, let the day perish on which I was born, and the night which said a boy is conceived. May the day be darkness, let, and let not God above care about it, nor light shine on it. Let darkness and black gloom claim it. Let a cloud settle on it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. For that night, let darkness seize it. Let it not rejoice among the days of the year. Let it not come into the number of the months. Behold, let the night be barren. Let no joyful shout enter it. He's, he's, he's pretty fed up, what do you think? Verse 11. Why did I not die at birth? Come forth from the womb and expire. To my stillbirth. Verse 20. Why is light given to him who suffers and life to the bitter of soul who long for death, but there is none, and dig for it more than for hidden treasures? Verse 23. Why is light given to a man whose way is hidden and whom God has hedged in? For what I fear comes upon me, and what I dread befalls me. That's what Job, that's the first time he has spoken in his, after his catastrophe uh, with his friends. After seven days and seven nights, this is the first thing he said. Number four. It's very important. Uh, I would say, or number three, it's very important that our words, number three, our words that we hear from those who are going through tough times, sometimes words are for the win. Let me, let me give you an example there. Uh, let's go to Proverbs uh, chapter, I think it's chapter 6. Uh, and verse 26. It says, Do you intend to reprove my words? He's talking to one of his friends. When the words of one in despair belong to the wind, this is what Job said. In other words, some words... Belong to the wind. Now, meaning that some words are just spoken in the air, and the wind should take it right on away. And you should consider those words spoken to the air, to the wind. In other words, people who are going through something, sometimes they say, 
things that they really don't mean. They just, they are venting, in other words. And they might, they might say anything. Job did that. Oh, it would have been wonderful if his friends would have been intelligent enough, wise enough, be able to look back on the book of Job and see what they, they did, and then go back to the beginning and do it over again, but they didn't have that choice. It would been nice if they would have known that, well, Job just venting. Let's not, let's not, let's not take that. Let's just let those words, let's let the, the wind blow those words right on the way. Sometimes we should do that in our marriage, shouldn't we? Sometimes, you know, you, we may say something, and, and we, we, we take that, I mean, I mean, we go off on this. I mean, it's just, that's how our argument starts. What you say? You know, we <laughs> some words are just for the wind. <laughs> just don't tell your mate that. <laughs> You're just one of those foolish women. I'm going to let those words be for the wind. You know, do not do that. <laughs> do not do that. You know, but some words are for the wind. Really, they're for the wind. Because they start responding off of what Job said. That's what they, they start responding. And that's what brought about the, the whole thing. Now, let, let's, let's, let's uh, that was number, number three now. One, we said it lasts a long time. Sometimes, may, sometime, not all the time, sometimes it might last a long time. We said the second thing was that you need wisdom. Right? And we said the third thing was that some words are for the wind. Okay, the fourth thing is that God expects sound theology. When you're going to comfort people. Theology is just words about God. Words about God. When you speak words about our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father expects for you to be correct. Okay? If you don't have sound theology, what's going to happen is that whatever you believe about God, you're going to start trying to tell that person about what you think they should Respond how you think they should respond, what you think they should do, all those type of things. A lot of times it's based on what you believe about God. And you'll see that all the way through the book of Job. See, the friends, these three friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, Zophar, they had a theology that root good things, if good things are happening to you, God is rewarding you. If bad things are happening to you, God is punishing you. There is no in-between. No in-between. They didn't know anything about it's God. God's the one who, who does it all. They also believe that if you turned... Say bad things will happen to you. If you turn and say, okay, God, I have sinned, forgive me, and turn from that, then he will take the bad things away. So you'll see that theology in everything they say. You'll see it. 
Because some things they said, they were, it was really good. You said, yeah, that, that's, 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 that's new type, that's good. But it's coming from a theology that's bad. You, you, you have to know, it's a, one, it's, a, it's a reason why Job had to offer sacrifices for him at the end. It's a reason why they didn't speak right about God. It's a reason. Their theology. But this, this, the sad thing is that Job had the same theology. Because all of them at that time had that theology. If you're prosperous, oh, you're doing something good. If you're Bad things happen, you're sinning somewhere. Somewhere you're sinning. That's the theology. We don't have that theology, do we? <laughs> Let's look at it a little bit, okay? We're in chapter 4 now. We're going to just take a little excerpt on that. Verse 7. This is Eliphaz, his first speech. Remember now... And he, he's telling Job now, because Job first, Job's, Job is just telling how he wished he was, you know, not been born. Remember now, whoever perished being innocent. You see the theology? Whoever perished being innocent. If, if you, something bad has happened, you're not innocent, Job. Don't even act like you're innocent. Somewhere you have sinned. Or where were the upright destroyed? Oh. According to what I have seen, those who plow iniquity and those who sow trouble harvest it. You see? Now, doesn't that sound scripture? You reap what you sow. You you see what I'm saying? So it sounds really good. But not if it's theologically off or coming from a a hardware, hey, bad things don't happen to good people. If you have that theology, you will say that I haven't seen the innocent ever destroyed. I haven't seen... You know, uh, uh, that happened. If you plow iniquity, I mean, if you, if you plow, plow you're you going to reap it. Come on. Face it, Joe. Find out what's wrong. By the breath of God, they perish. By the breath of God, they perish. Is there any, 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 anything else in the picture besides that? Can mankind be just, this is verse 17, 17, can mankind be just before God? Can a man be pure before his maker? That sounds good, doesn't it? Because we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. See, but the problem is, you remember the theology is not coming from, that, that statement is not coming from a good theology, it's coming from a bad theology. It's coming from the theology that, hey, you know, you got to understand this. Don't even think that you are pure. No man is pure before God. Somewhere, Job, you've sinned. Confess it. That's in the back of the mind. 
Let's look at verse 17 of chapter 5. Behold, how happy is the man whom God reproves. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. Now, you know that sounds scripture. You know that is scripture. And come on. It's New Testament. Come on. But the problem is he's trying to get him to say, look, Joe, you ought to be happy that God's reproving you. He's disciplining you because somewhere you sin. See, now, Job is beginning to say, I got a problem here with I, I, I understand, I understand what, 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 what you're telling me, because I, I believe that, I believe that. But the problem is, I haven't sinned. So somewhere, fellas, this is not right. I don't know what it is. I wish I could, I wish I could talk to God, I wish I could get an audience before him, because, man, something's wrong here. See, that, that's, all, that's how, how the book, book of Job went. <laughs> Job, let's go to a Bildad's first speech in chapter 8. Verse 3. Does, not, does, does God... Pervert justice? The answer is no. Or does the Almighty pervert what is right? No. Listen to what, what, what Bill Dad says. Oh, smart Bill Dad. Listen to what he said. If your sons sinned against him, and he had seven sons, then he delivered them into the power of of their transgression. Ooh. Oh, you mean God is just. You see, we know that God is just. But see, he's telling me God is just, so what happened to your sons? Your, your son's getting killed? That's God's justice. That wasn't God's justice. Come on. We already know because we... <laughs> we got a curtain pulled back last week, and we know that God said, you incited me against Joe for no reason at all. See, we know that. We know that. This is in verse 5, chapter 8. If you would seek God and implore the compassion of the Almighty... If you are pure and upright, surely now he would rouse himself for you and restore your rights, your righteous estate. That's what he says. That sounds good. But it's still the same theology. You sin, so why don't you seek God, find out where you, you sin, and then confess it, and then God will restore you. Problem is, he can't find out nothing because he doesn't know anything. He doesn't know anything. Let's go over to Zophar in chapter 11. Zophar says, 
Shall a multitude of words go unanswered? And a talkative man be acquitted? And he's talking about Job. Because Job answered. Eliphaz, he answered. Bildad, and Zophar. This is his first time talking. Shall your boast silence men? And shall you scoff and none rebuke? For you have said, my teaching is pure, and I am innocent in your eyes. But would that God might speak and open his lips against you and show you the secrets of wisdom. For sound wisdom has two sides. Know then that God forgets a part of your iniquity. Hmm. You mean to tell me, Zophar, that all my camels are gone, all my donkeys are gone, all my oxen are gone, all my sons are gone, my daughters are gone, I got these balls and everything. You said, and you tell me that God forgets part of my iniquity? So that means I got more iniquity. He should, I should be thankful because he, he could have done worse. I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about treacherous. How many, how many of you want a friend like Zophar? Wow. <laughs> this is, this is. Uh, it, it goes on and on and on and on. Is I could I could so many things. In 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 verse fifteen, chapter fifteen, um, Eliphaz was on a second speech, and he in verse twenty he was saying, "The wicked man writh in pain all his days." You're talking about a wicked man. And a number, and a number are the years stored up for the ruthless. Sounds of terror are in his ears, while at peace the destroyer comes upon him. Job says in chapter 16, verse uh, 1 and 2, then Job answered, Eliphaz says, I have heard many such things. Sorry comforters are you all. <laughs> That's what he said. That's what he's telling me. <laughs> That's what he said. Let's um in in the third set of speeches, it starts in verse in chapter twenty two, the third set of speeches. In verse 4, Eliphaz is speaking. He says, is it because of your reverence that he reproves you? That he enters into judgment against you? Is not your wickedness great and your iniquity without end? For you have taken pledges of your brothers without cause and stripped men naked to the weary you have given no water to drink, and from the hunger you have withheld, withheld bread. You know, they have gone from... <laughs> they, 
have gone from mild to now they're outright lying. <laughs> because we know that Job was a righteous man. We know that he was blameless. He was upright. We know that he was, um, he, he was a man who reverenced God. He feared God. And he uh, shone evil. We know he fed the, the, the hungry. He clothed people. We know he did all those things. And here, this man, I mean, he just, it just gets worse and worse. Matter of fact, it got so bad, Zophar on his third speech didn't have a speech. <laughs> really didn't. Didn't have a speech. He, he could say nothing. Said nothing. What we need, the fifth thing, we went over the first one was that sometimes things last a long time. Second thing we said that you need, you need wisdom when you are uh, trying to comfort people. You need wisdom. And we said that on the third thing, your theology got to be right. Don't have faulty theology because it's going to taint everything you do. And we said also that uh, you need to uh, basically, um, the, number, number five is what I want to hit. Number five is that you really need to ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Because in John fourteen sixteen it says that he's given us the Holy Spirit. And he says that he is... I give you, when I leave, I give you another helper. I give you, uh, the King James said, a comforter. He's the Holy Spirit. He'll, he'll be with you. He'll be in you. We need the Holy Spirit, people. We cannot, we cannot, uh, we, we just can't, we, we just cannot expect that we're going to comfort people with our own comfort. We had to comfort him, the people with the comfort he's given us. And the Holy Spirit will remind us, the Holy Spirit will teach us what to say when we need to say it. Because you can't can't go study up and read up and go to somebody's house when they need comfort and expect that what I read is going to be for that. you got to depend upon the Spirit of God when you're doing that. And that's what these these, uh, men were not doing. So you you do need wise comforters. You really do. And, and make sure you, you know that some words that a person speaks, they are for the wind. They really are. Okay? So those are the five things that, that we went over uh, today that I wanted. And, and most of them, again, is for us to comfort other people. One, we said that make sure that you know that it could last a long time. It could. We don't know. Make sure you have wisdom. Make sure you have wisdom. That's important. Make sure that some words you just leave to the wind. Leave to the wind. Make sure your theology is right. Those four. And the fifth one is call upon the Holy Spirit, the comforter, to comfort as you are with somebody. That's the, that's the key thing, okay? Now, now, we've gone over that. Now, next week, we're going to hit uh, the one person that God didn't say anything about this person. We all talk about Joe's three friends. Who was this other dude? You know, I mean, he was there. 
the whole time. He was there. And he spoke last. After, after Zophar had nothing else to say, he, he spoke. About six chapters worth, he spoke. Very interesting. Then God spoke, too. Oh, we got to hear what God said. We got to hear what God said. And then we have to talk about, now, what do we know that they didn't know about some of the things that, why sometimes bad things happen to good people? We're going to go over that next week also, okay? Because it's not, it's not all the time because of Satan. It's not all the time because of him. It's not. It's not because um, all the time because of God uh, allowed it to happen uh, to that situation. So, you know, we, you know, roundabout way you can say that, but we don't want to get it in a bad theology, so we're going to try to go hit those things next week, which is the last message. Invite somebody, uh, because let me tell you, you're going to have an opportunity to share with somebody that's going through tough times. You're going to have an opportunity. What are you going to share? Are you going to be a listener? Or are you going to go with your Bible and, you know, you're all ready? And I'm I'm finding that I'm not interested in anything but God help me to help them. If you want anything for me to say, I'll say it. I want to go and just be there. I just want to be there. Just your presence is comfort to people. If, 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 if they know you, just be, you being there means a lot. You don't have to say anything. So we'll talk a little bit more about that next time. Let's stand, please. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.